0: Oh, these mosquitoes. The mango season is over, the southwest monsoon is here, and with it, mosquitoes. <laughs> You're listening to Scrolls and Leaves. I'm by Dinathan. We're working on our first season, coming soon. In the meantime, we thought we'd re-release some of our favorite episodes. This one features a cool fact about our dreaded winged companions. Here it is. Dizzy Sleuth in Bangalore, first released last December. Today, we're going back in time to 1895 in Bangalore. We'll
1: go with Sir Ronald Ross as he tries to stop a devastating cholera outbreak. Ross is a 38-year-old British scientist. He's quite the snazzy dresser. His dark hair is closely cropped. It's parted at the center and plastered to his head. He has a handlebar mustache and he's wearing a three-piece suit and tie. Ross doesn't know
0: this yet, but just weeks later, he's going to meet a man from a tribe near Kunur who'll tell him that mosquitoes transmit malaria. He'll go on to prove this. And in 1902, he'll be awarded the Nobel Prize for medicine for his efforts.
1: We're going on this journey with Sanjeev Jain. He's a psychiatrist at Nimhans in Bangalore. And in his free time, he studies the history of Indian medicine.
2: On his way out of Bangalore, he goes to Kunur, which is a hill station just outside Mysore, where he meets a tribal on the Sigur Ghat, which is a steep incline all the way to Uti. And he tells them that this is the mosquito you're looking for. It's a speckled mosquito. And this is the one which causes disease. Now this again points out how those doctors were actually learning from Indian medicine. But Ronald Ross was going to Kunur because he had just finished his very exhaustive eight-week trip on handling the cholera of Bangalore.
0: You're listening to Chat Room 8, a disease
1: sleuth in Bangalore. This is a bonus episode on Scrolls and Leaves. I'm Gayathri. And I'm Mary Rose. We'll be back with the rest of Season 1 next year. In the meantime, do let us know if there's any topic you'd like to hear about. And could you let at least one other person know about Scrolls and Leaves? Or maybe even rate or review us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify? So let's get to the story. Sanjeev became interested in the history of medicine
0: while doing his postdoc at Cambridge University.
2: The Cambridge library, which was next door to where I was working, had these enormous records on the history of psychiatry and the Commonwealth, which meant that there are records for almost every hospital in India from the time that they had started building hospitals in 1810 or 1820. So one could just sit there and look at how illnesses, diseases, syndromes, management developed in India from the early 19th and through the 20th century.
1: Sanjeev first heard of Ross from his professor, who was writing a biography of the famous scientist, the professor showed him a photograph of Ross taken outside Bangalore. He's wearing
2: cycling clothes of uh, any English gentleman. Um, and so there's a big party of, uh, I think, 30 or 40 people setting out on the cycling trip with their long skirts for the women and uh, clipped trousers and coats and those bicycle clips for the gentlemen with summer straw hats. And uh, it looks like a uh, English outing.
1: Sanjeev went to the archives at the London School of Tropical Medicine and Hygiene. And he looked up Ross's medical notes. They're kept there in pristine condition.
2: Ronald Ross is a member of the Indian Medical Service. He joined service, I think, in Calcutta. And uh, he's very research-oriented. He's trained with a person called Manson Barr, who's big uh, infectious disease specialist in London. And uh, understanding diseases as they occur in the tropics is very much a preoccupation of medicine at that point of time.
0: Around this time, European scientists were just starting to discover the basic concepts around the germ theory of disease, which um, basically is the idea that an infectious agent causes disease. In the 1850s, John Snow, who was an epidemiologist in London, had first shown that cholera is linked to dirty water. In 1884, a German scientist named Robert Koch discovered the cholera bacterium using a microscope.
1: That's not to say the basic idea of germ theory didn't exist before 18th-century European science. In India, smallpox inoculations were developed around the year 1000.
2: The effort to understand all these big diseases, smallpox, malaria, cholera, plague, is very much a focus of interest. So in these 30, 40 years of 1890 to 1930, the Indian Medical Service actually does all this research. So Ronald Ross gets sent to Calcutta, Uh, He gets a bit bored and apparently is quite cantankerous about uh, obeying rules of the army. So he gets moved to Hyderabad, which is another big cantonment.
0: His next stop will be Bangalore. It's a hill station in Mysore state, which is known these days as Karnataka. In
2: 1878, Mysore has a famine. It has a plague epidemic uh, soon after. And then it has a cholera epidemic in 1895. Bangalore till then has the reputation of being the healthiest cantonment in the whole of the of British India. And the are, British are very, very concerned about the decline in health of Bangalore.
0: So they turn to Ronald
1: Ross and ask him to investigate the outbreak. When Ross gets to Bangalore, he would have found the cantonment looks very much like an English village.
2: With the command lines, big bungalows for the officers, smaller houses for the soldiers, then barracks for the Indian soldiers... And the, and the central quadrangle has, has a Protestant church, a Catholic church, a Presbyterian church, and the Scottish church.
0: Most Indians at this time live outside the cantonment, and the ones who live inside are the ones who serve the Brits.
2: People who are attached to the army, the workers and the uh, lower ranks, and the soldiers, the, the milk sellers, the water sellers, the vegetable sellers, and all these uh, kind of uh, occupations. And then there's the tradesmen. So they have uh, an area which is now called Shivaji Nagar, but that time was very appropriately called Black Pali or Black's Village, which is in the center of the cantonment, which basically provides sustenance to the cantonment as far as the nuts and bolts of life are concerned. Water, milk, vegetables, fruits. And that's a very congested area. And that's where the cholera starts. Most people are living six or seven to a hut and very often in the hut is also the animals, the cows and the goats. And as he puts it in uh, fairly acerbic terms, it can safely be said that as far as the residents of Bangalore, uh, they live in and amongst their own excreta.
0: The black pulley is in the middle of the cantonment, so there's a real danger that it could spread to the European quarters as well. Ross rushes to track the
1: outbreak. He learns that this outbreak began
2: with a person who's coming on a train from Madras, starts affecting the person in his household and his neighbors, then down the street, and then from people who get water from the same water cellar or from the same water tank. And these, uh, this chain of water cellars and water sources are common to the whole area.
0: Ross knows this disease is
1: tied to water.
2: He just says, disinfect, disinfect, disinfect. That's all I can do. Potassium permanganate in every well, boil everything.
1: He knocks on the doors of patients. Imagine him standing there with his assistants and maybe a constable or two.
2: They quarantine the house. Ronald Ross insists that we take over the house and destroy as many of the goods that they have and the clothes that they have, but they pay compensation for that. Obviously, people felt very upset about seeing their pots and pans and everything being destroyed. This becomes necessary because milk is stored in earthen pots. Food stuff is sold is in earthen pots. And Ross is unable to make out whether the earthen pots have now got water impregnated with bacteria lining the food containers. So rather than disinfect, they just destroy the containers. That's the way they handle it. They quarantine the house. They establish the links of all the people who who have had the disease and where they've gone, and then they keep a record. Ross repeatedly refers to the map that he uses to track the movement of everybody at that point of time, because he's very surprised when a person a mile away gets cholera. And then he goes all the way there and then tries to figure out how it could have reached a mile and a half away at the other end of the cantonment.
0: At first, Ross's notes are brief. He just jots down what he's hearing.
2: Uh, Initially, it is just uh, uh, a boy, Mohammedan, a female Hindu or a traveler from Seringapatnam. Patnam. But uh, by next day, he has got names for every one of them. And he's got names of every possible person. You know, a pension sepoy who lives on North Broadway. He had the disease. And then I went to his house and it was a very squalid condition. The sewers were made of this kind of material. The angle of the sewage line from the house to the street or as he says, was anti-gravity. This is a note of 23rd September 1895. 13 fresh cases of cholera have occurred in the eleven days since my arrival here on the 10th. They are as follows. Kanchi Kuti, Balu, Anumati, Madar, Amai, Imam Sahib, Ponamma, Sundaramma, Shahzadi B, Sakina B, Ibrahim Sahib, Munni Swami, and Mili Dagama. Mili Dagama is a very young girl of 19. Ibrahim Sahib is a two-year-old boy. Amai Mal is a four-year-old girl, and they die within a day or two. The virulence of the cholera microbe in the present epidemic may be judged from the fact that of the 13 persons attacked... At this time,
1: there's only one microscope in all of South India. It's in Bombay, and it's brought to Bangalore. Ross wants to find the cholera bacterium in samples from the field.
2: He collects stool samples. He collects water samples. He collects whatever open organic material he can find, whether it's milk or sweetmeats or prepared food or raw food, he collects samples from everywhere. This should be taken as a pinch of salt because the typical IMS medical officer typically had a staff of eight or 10 under him, uh, which would typically include one or two Indian doctors from the Madras Medical College who were sub-surgeons and a whole number of Indian staff of uh, other people who would run the actually do the sample preparation and sample collections. But he would be handling it to see it under the microscope himself.
1: His interventions seem to work.
2: By the time he ends, let's say in October, he is reporting only three new cases in each zone. Muniswami, Vaithi, Jagannathan, and Jonas Muniswami, who is the coach driver for the senior officer of the, of the cantonment. So that's really serious. And that's how he does this very systematic inquiry over two months. Puts in systems to control the epidemic. Observes the infection rates coming down as a result of his uh, interventions. Measures the effect of that using microscopes and assessing the water and things like that. So it's a very comprehensive eight-week description of how to handle epidemics, which was quite fascinating.
0: Ross also issues recommendations to improve sanitary conditions in Bangalore and avoid future outbreaks. And the authorities do take some action.
2: Bangalore is famous for its lakes, so two of them were drained or became dry completely. A new lake was created which would which would take in water from the cantonment only after filtration, what is now also lake. That water was then piped back into the residential areas.
0: Ross also recommends they
2: put in a system of sewage collection, night soil or fecal matter collection from the city. There is no running water drainage. And Ronald Ross, in typical efficiency, also calculates the amount of money that could be made by selling this as, uh, as compost and how, over a few years, the sale of the compost would earn a uh, sufficient amount for it to be a self-sustaining enterprise.
1: Sanjeev says that at the heart of treating any disease outbreak, whether cholera or COVID today, there should be information and investigation.
2: The responses to the disease, unless they are governed by information, just like Ross points out, that one microscope in the whole of southern India is not good enough. You have to have a systematic assessment of all the water, of everything around you, if you really are serious about removing this disease in its entirety. You have to reform your sewage collection. Now, those are the systemic changes that you need to think of when a disease like this occurs.
0: You were listening to Sanjeev Jain on Chatroom. For episode notes, please visit scrollsandleaves.com slash chatroom8.